to the Content Creators Chat, the show where we invite you to join us in a chat about content creation and influencer marketing. I'm Rob Ainbinder. And I'm Kristen Dokus. Today, we have the pleasure to welcome Jason Falls to the Content Creators Chat. Welcome, Jason. Thank you both. It's great to be here. Hopefully, I can be useful or something. <laughs> well, obviously, all of us go back as we, I swear, Rob's going to smack me if I say this phrase one more time, but I'm going to say it one more time. We're all OG. We're all OG <laughs> content creators and influencers. Uh, so, but for some of those that may or may not, or that may not know you, Jason, please mm-hmm. introduce yourself and tell everybody about what you do. Well, sure. Uh, Jason Falls. Uh, I'm based in in Kentucky. I work at an agency called Cornette in Lexington. I live in Louisville. Um, I've been in and out of the agency space. I was at Cafe Press for a while. You know, from a day job perspective, I've been at a couple of different places, a couple of different angles. But uh, probably most people in the in the influencer content creator space probably know me from building uh, my old blog, Social Media Explorer. Uh, years ago, uh, which I sold to a business partner years years back. I don't have that anymore. Uh, but at one point, it was one of the top marketing blogs in the world. And I helped businesses and brands figure out social media for about six or eight years, wrote a couple of books. Um, you know, I've, I've, I was one of the early uh, social media influencers, I guess. We didn't call ourselves influencers then. And I don't necessarily call myself an influencer now. I'll let other people call me that. But I was one of the early adopters on Twitter, had a lot of followers on that platform when it was you know, much more uh, relevant and engaging than it is these days. Uh, but yeah, I've spoken at a bunch of conferences and just try to help people figure out uh, how to do uh, social media and digital marketing. And then influence marketing is a byproduct of that. And I'm an old PR guy by trade, which I consider influence marketing too. So right. that's kind of one of my specialties. Nice. What what are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen in the past five years? I can't, I mean, in that five years seems like a, a lifetime, but in the, okay. you know, here, you know, within the past five years, as it relates to influencer marketing, because it is vastly different. And this is a conversation Rob and I've had vastly different um, than when any of us began in it. Yeah. When we started in this space, we, we, we probably called it blogger outreach or, or, you know, something like that. We didn't call them influencers then. You know, I think I even remember the days when we called people mavens. So, I mean, that was, (laughs) that was a long time ago too. But, but, but essentially, you know, the democratization, social media has democratized media, right? Anybody can now publish. And unfortunately that means everybody does publish and most of it's crap, but the now, ones that, that stand yeah. out for as signal from the noise, you know, create an audience for themselves away from other traditional media, you know, outlets and, and ways to build audience. And so they become little media publishing houses with an impact and influence uh, in their own right. And so that might be that you have a lot of followers on Twitter or you have a certain amount of impact or influence with a small number of followers on Twitter, but that might also extend to YouTube or Instagram or your blog, or you just have an active Reddit account. There's lots of ways to kind of quantify it and qualify it. And so I think the biggest challenge uh, in the last five years for brands and, and businesses working with people who have influences understanding who they are, how impactful they are. Are they going to lead to business metrics? Um, are they going to be you know, good to work with, cooperative, all that good stuff? Um, and the biggest challenge, I think, for the content creators out there uh, has been being able to connect with brands in a relevant way uh, who will who will want to use them for that type of thing. And so I think that's been uh, the biggest challenge is that that math of 
which influencers are going to be useful and, and, and powerful for us and which brands can I prove that I'm useful and powerful for? So I have a question for you. That's I'm going off script. Uh, you just made me think of it when the, when you're working with companies and brands uh, to do influencer marketing campaigns, do you find that they are, whether they use go through an agency, do you find that they are, getting more of their influencers by their own accord or are they using some of the influencer marketing agencies? Well, there's, 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 I mean, there's a half a dozen ways to do this. Um, I, I work at an agency that has some very large clients that devote a large amount of money to influence marketing and very uh, smaller clients who don't devote any money at all to influence marketing and everything in between. And so uh, because I work in an agency, I see it from a bunch of different perspectives. For instance, I've got one brand who's like, we want to devote a certain amount of budget to influence marketing. Uh, we would like to find enough influencers to reach a certain you know, number of people. And so with that brand that has a little bit of a budget, I'm going to go to an Isaiah or a Maverick or an influence marketing platform, a managed service where I've got resources within that company that are going to help me identify the right people. Uh, they're going to put paid spend behind certain influencer posts to, you know, uh, be able to, to reach uh, impression goals and things like that. So it's a pretty high level of influence marketing engagement and management. But then there's other brands that say, hey, we don't have a big budget. We're, we don't have money to pay influencers, but we want to do something to engage influencers, let's say, on a local level. So then I am like literally manually going through Instagram, trying to find people within a geographic region or within a certain topic area and say, you know, hey, this person has... 4,000 followers, which is not a whole lot in the grand scheme of things, but they have 4,000 followers and they only write about Lexington, Kentucky. So that's who I'm trying to, you know, connect with. So then I'm reaching out to them manually and saying, hey, I work at Cornette and we work with this client and we're doing something here locally. And hey, can we, you know, trade some product for, you know, you to engage with us? Or how can we do a partnership where, um, you know, you learn more about us and then, you know, share that with your audience. And so we try to find relevant ways to do it that way. So I think the majority of bigger brands are using the tools and the platforms and the, uh, sometimes there's influencer marketing agencies, but I, I really like to just call them managed services and say, there, there's managed services out there where you can say, here's some money, here's what I want, go do it, go find it, and they do it for you. Um, and then an agency like mine is kind of sort of a strategic consultant that can do a little bit of both. We can manage it and, and manage the agent, the uh, engagement services for you, the managed services for you, or we can actually manually roll up our sleeves and go do it. Uh, I think the majority of brands with any amount of budget are using some of those tools and platforms to do it. Uh, but then I think there's a lot of them that are just doing it themselves, just internally trying to find the right people to build a longer term relationship with. Yeah, that's interesting. You kind of, when you talk about you handle it yourself for some smaller brands, I had an experience where someone reached out to me just based on hashtags I used on Instagram. It just happened to align with what the business was trying to do. And, um, and they engaged me uh, in an interview and, uh, you know, paid me for my time. And uh, it was really efficient for them. And it was very targeted. Yeah, I mean, if you're a business or a brand, and you're trying to do it manually, uh, searching for relevant hashtags, you know, searching, for, you know, just googling, you know, who are influencers in this topic or in this space, mm -hmm. 
Um, or, you know, looking for, you know, blogs. I, I like to look for blogs because I love the SEO value of sure. someone who has a blog writing about a product or service, linking to the website and whatnot. I try to find the bloggers who also have nice social footprints. That that always means more to me personally, just because I get the SEO angle of it. Um, I wish more and more of my clients thought that way. But at the same time, there's some people who they just get excited about someone on Instagram and they don't have to have that too. So it works both ways. One of the topics that uh, I insisted on that we have, and um, actually it's my oldest daughter, her best friend uh, is working with me and Rob on, you know, she's Gen Z. And uh, Mm -hmm. so we're putting, so she's, I'm like, Courtney, you've got all the TikTok, (laughs) but (laughs) is why, and she, we recorded some of them last weekend and it was um, why you need why five it was I think her thing was like five reasons why everyone needs a blog or a, a, a website and she went through and I gave her all of those five reasons and you know that generation they just want to jump on the platform and mm-hmm. have at it and well, it's that it's that whole thing we see where where you know you get engaged on a particular platform and then for whatever reason you get banned yeah that own piece that you had is gone yeah. And, and where it's not do you just, take your audience next? It's not just the band. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, for instance, I know that a lot of people back in the day, you guys will remember this, invested a lot of time and energy in building really nice networks on MySpace. Where, where's that now? Right. That all got taken down and destroyed. I don't know what Justin Timberlake's doing with it, but it's not, it's not, you know, it's not relevant anymore. So you're, you're putting your eggs in somebody else's basket and they have control of the basket. That's exactly so right. having that website, that blog, that hub somewhere where you can tie your social content together and give people a place to go find it, but then something you own that you can build, that you can curate. I mean, if I have a relationship with a brand over time as a content creator and I have that archive of that relationship and those inbound links and outbound links you know, to and from them on my website, then I've got something that I'm always going to be able to own as long as I keep paying my server fees and and my domain fee, then I'm good. And that doesn't cost a whole lot of money. I guess if we, um, we take that to a logical extension to give some advice to an influence, either new or seasoned, what's one piece of advice you'd give them and what would it be? Create great content. Uh, it, it doesn't matter how many brands you work with. It doesn't matter if you ever make money doing this. If you're not creating really good, compelling content, you're not going to build an audience. So you're not going to be successful. The content and, and, and the value that you deliver to the audience you want to try to deliver it to has always got to come first. If you're not doing that and doing it right and doing it well, nothing else is going to work for you. The dominoes will not fall in the right direction. The brands, uh, if, I, if I'm looking at you as a content creator for one of my clients, I'm going to look for, uh, do you c- create content consistently? Is that content consistently good? Do you consistently get good engagement and interactions with your audience? If you can nail those three things, I don't care how many followers you have, because I, I can always take some paid money and, and, and amplify your posts if you'll let me. Um, I I want someone who can create really good, engaging content and do it consistently. If you do that, everything else will take care of itself. Well, you know, let's go back to something you were just saying, Uh, you know, talking about back in the day, the number of page views. Your page views was a super, super important piece of the criteria in order to be. And, you know, after a while, just I I didn't I wasn't producing content on my blog for a while. So I didn't even bother applying for many things. How important is that now, considering how many people are you know, going more using other platforms, like let's Mm -hmm. say an Instagram. So you've got somebody that has 
you know, 150,000 followers that are decently engaged, but they've got, you know, their page views on their blog, if they have one, are really low. Right. I, I think, you know, pay, it depends because if the, the, the goal of the influence relationship is to create that long form content on a blog or a website and not necessarily on a social network, like if you're doing a really in-depth product review or, um, you know, you've gone on a trip with this brand or this company and you're trying to tell a big, long narrative about the trip and all the things you learned, then the primary piece of content is going to be a page or a post on your on your website, and that is going to require page views is going to be relevant there. Um, but I would say that page views then and now, just like impressions on Instagram then and now, is not as important to brands anymore because again, I go back to if the content is really good, if you have two page views in a given month but the content is really good, I can take a few thousand dollars, a few hundred dollars out of my budget, and I can put paid spend behind driving more page views to that good content. But content comes first. The page views you can manufacture, the impressions on Instagram and crap you can manufacture. It's having the good content that's really engaging, that's important. And so that's why you hear micro-influencer and nano-influencer thrown around a lot these days because it's going to cost me an arm and a leg to go out and get someone who's got two or 3 million followers as an influencer or even 500,000 followers as an influencer to, you know, talk about my product or do a partnership with me. If I've got someone who's got 2000 followers, but the content's good and it's going to resonate with the people I want it to resonate with, I can put, I can take a third of what I would have spent on the 500,000 follower person in paid spend behind that 2000 follower person and get what I need out of it in terms of impressions and whatnot. And it's more authentic. Yeah, very much more authentic, uh, especially yeah. again, that the content is, is ultimately the key. We've said content is king for a long time and it really is. If you know mm -hmm. how to create that really good content, everything else is going to fall in line for you. You're going to be in good shape. And you're stewarding your clients resources much more, much better. You oh, know. Heck yeah way more targeted fashion. I actually had a, a recently did a campaign from the influencer perspective. So my little humble, you know, marketing niche, I've got a few followers and, and it just so happens because I'm in Kentucky and I was an early adopter. I've got a lot of followers in Kentucky. So for Kentucky based things, sometimes these companies will reach out to me and say, Hey, we're working with a brand that's targeting Kentucky consumers. Would you be interested in it? And if it falls in line with something that I believe in and that I'm doing, I'll do it. Even if it's outside of the market, space. I recently did one of those campaigns and my Instagram feed, I, I mean, I only have about three or 4,000 followers on Instagram and a lot of it is just the different bourbons that I taste. I don't really do a whole lot of marketing stuff there. It's more bourbon and, and booze related stuff. Um, and sometimes <laughs> sounds like our my, kind of place. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. pictures of my kids, it's me at the bar at the end of the day. That's what that is. Um, but, the, but so this, this thing was not bourbon related necessarily. It was actually more of a social awareness kind of thing with masking and, and, and making sure you're, you know, masking up for, uh, uh, to prevent COVID. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm all behind. I'll do, I'll do that all day. So my typical like impressions on Instagram is like, you know, maybe 1200, 1500. Um, I was driving 2700. I drove on this one post, I drove 2700 engagements, not wow. impressions, engagements, but it was because 
they knew the content was good. It delivered the message. It was engaging. They knew I was going to actively engage in the comments as well, which is going to drive the engagement numbers up. So what they did is they paid me a little bit of money to do the post. And then they took a couple grand and put paid spend behind it to amplify it. And so unfortunately, because that particular issue is a little on the political spectrum for some people, there's a lot of back and forth in the comments that are not too fun to deal with and a little bit negative, but the engagement numbers are through the roof because I'm in there engaging with it and they put it in front of a lot more people. So what platform are you seeing influencers have the most success in right now? Ooh, oh man, that again, it depends. Um, In, in the B2B space, LinkedIn by far uh, is just much more relevant. Um, I would also say that, that, uh, in the B2B space, uh, you're, you're looking at a lot of blog and, uh, and, and, and then doing partnerships like webinars and seminars and things like that. So there's a lot of different ways to look at how you divide things in the B2B space in terms of effectiveness of platforms. If you're looking for impressions and just getting people to see your stuff, uh, Instagram and TikTok do really, really well. Um, if you're looking to drive people to convert, to click on a link and come to your website and do something, then I'm going to go a little bit more Facebook or Twitter, maybe even LinkedIn for that too, because those uh, platforms are much more naturally geared to A, share links and content, and B, the audience is more conditioned to actually take action and click on things if they find them interesting. Um, YouTube is becoming more and more successful for lots of reasons, primarily because so many of these platforms are prioritized video content in what they're doing because video is more engaging. Uh, but I think if I were to say, hey, I want to drive conversions on my website, I'm probably going to do uh, an influencer campaign on Twitter and Facebook, and I'm probably going to put paid spend behind it on Facebook as well. Instagram, not so much because you can't really share links very well there. Unless you happen to be working with somebody who has a swipe up feature, which means you're going to be spending a lot of money because you have to have <laughs> so many followers in order to That's do true. that. You can, I mean, technically you can do links in the stories too. So, and stories are, I think stories are engaging. I think they're fun. I haven't seen a whole lot of great conversion numbers out of Instagram stories yet though. So we're talking to Jason Falls, influencer marketing extraordinaire about influencer marketing. Um, for our next question. Uh, what can brands do a better job at with their influencer marketing efforts? Oof, well, that's a good question. Um, I think that uh, brands can do a much better job um, of selecting what I would call the right influencers. Um, I think brands still are too fascinated with uh, follower counts um, and not taking that content quality, you know, and, and engagement quality into the, into, into, to, Uh, to consideration when they're picking their influencers. They look at more at potential reach as opposed to actual reach. And so potential reach is, hey, the number of followers added up, we could potentially reach 19 million people with this. But again, that 19 million people, if you're looking at impressions and awareness, you're looking at a number that you can manufacture. You can take budget and put behind someone that doesn't have a big following, but creates really good content. So I think being more selective uh, and and creating uh, relationships with better quality content creators is the first thing they could probably do. Uh, And then I think if I had to choose a second thing that brands could do better with influencer marketing, uh, I think it's it's really kind of holding the influencers uh, accountable. Uh, for, uh, you know, the, the business metrics that they want to drive. The influence, influencers, the content creators out there are only going to be as good as you want them to be. If you say, look, in order to work with us, 
you've got to share your analytics with us. You've got to help us drive leads. You've got to find creative ways to get people to click on that link and go to that website. And if you do that, this isn't going to be the last time we work with you. And that's what ultimately the the creators want. And so I think the brands need to try to hold them to that, uh, to that standard, frankly. You know, all of us have been doing this for a really long time. And I really would just like to know when are we ever going to have to stop begging companies and brands to stop looking at numbers. I mean, we've all been educating these people for over 10 years on it's not about the number of followers. Well, you got to remember, we're talking to, you know, entrepreneurs and CEOs and people at companies whose entire life is, I want to be Jeff Bezos, right? They want, you know, to have $18 billion in their bank account. The world we live in is one of those, if, if you have more, uh, then the next person you're successful. And if you don't, then you're not, which is stupid thinking and, and short-sighted. Um, but it's going to be hard to get people out of the fascination with number of followers and fasc- fascination with more is better just because of the dynamics of the business world and the capitalist society that we live in. I think if we just keep showing them that, hey, instead of worrying about followers and look about at the quality of content and showing them the business metrics and the success that you get with the, maybe the not so big impressions, but you know, or not so big follower counts, but a lot of impressions you can drive in other ways. I think we continue to educate them and hopefully they'll get a little bit better, but I don't think it's ever going to go away. Bigger is always going to be better for some people. Yeah. They're coming from that old media mentality. A lot of them. Yeah. Very true. Radio TV. And it's hard for them to shake it. <laughs> Come on, Rob, read your question. Hurry up. Chop, chop. Well, no, I asked the last question. Oh, did you? See, yes, no, I did. Uh, no, because I came up with a, a rhetorical one afterwards. Okay. It's not so, so let's um, so well. <laughs> so, Jason, what are you reading, or what are some of the books and courses, magazines, sites, et cetera, that you recommend or that, you know, is kind of your go to? Um, Wow. So I'm currently reading Hell's Angels by Hunter S. Thompson, but that's just because I was on vacation last week and haven't finished it yet. Um, the last, let's see, uh, here's, first of all, I got a, this talk triggers by Jay Bear. I've, I've read this three or four times. It's a great word of mouth marketing book. I definitely recommend that one. Um, I've got, there's a couple of influence marketing books that have come out recently that I've read. I, you know, I host an influence marketing podcast, so I keep up with a lot of the uh, thought leaders in that space to try to understand what's happening. Um, and then, uh, and I'm working on my own book, which comes out early next year, which should be good for everybody. But I, I have found myself more recently uh, depending on podcasts more uh, for the, you know, sort of news and information. Um, I listen to a, a handful of marketing podcasts. I'm pretty selective about it, uh, but you can always, you, you can't go wrong with marketing over coffee. Uh, you can't really uh, go wrong with, you know, Jay Bear's series of podcasts. He's got a bunch of them. I really love On Brand from Nick Westergaard. That's a really good podcast as well. Um, and then Lee Oden has some some good stuff up with top rank marketing. So the kind of the influencers in the marketing space that have been doing it for a long time, I, I tend to listen to the same folks uh, because they keep feeding me good stuff. That's always important. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely be putting the, uh, we've got about five minutes left and uh, we will put all of your contact information in there as far as getting in touch with you, but you're like me and Rob, you're by, you're branded by your name. Yeah. Um, so why don't you let everybody know where you are? And sure. again, like I said, I'll, I'll be putting them in the show notes, but sure. I'm, I'm and actually- also, oh, let me interrupt. And now's your time to tell everybody about the book. 
Oh yeah. So uh, I'm actually easier to find than remembering my name because I have Jason dot online. So if you just go to Jason dot online, that takes you to jasonfalls.com, which is where you can find all my stuff. Uh, getting ready to relaunch that website here in a, in a, in a while. So that'll be new soon. Uh, but I'm Jason Falls everywhere. There's a, a, a Republican uh, County commissioner in North Carolina who hates me uh, because we have the same name and I've been doing this a long time and he can't get past page six of a Google search. Uh, and he won't send me a yard sign. So hell with that guy. Um, anyway, uh, so I'm Jason falls everywhere. Very easy to find. The book is going to be called, uh, Winfluence, uh, reframing influencer marketing to ignite your brand. Uh, it's due out in February from entrepreneur press. So if you just go to jason.online, you'll be able to you know, subscribe to the stuff you need to subscribe to, to know when that's coming out. It's all there. All right. All right. You ready to close this up, Mr. Ainbinder? Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, Jason. And don't forget to get online to contentcreatorsconference.com and grab your ticket. And you'll happen to hear more from Jason Falls and other influencer marketing experts experts that will up your influencer marketability. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks, Jason. Bye.